I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There is no better group of buds for flower power than forms of the shrubby potentilla. Hello and welcome to This Week in the Garden. I'm Peter Seabrook, here to answer some of your gardening queries. Later on... I'll be speaking to a member of the Peyton family. They run a state-of-the-art modern glasshouse nursery in Hampshire, growing high-spec lilies, hellebores, hydrangeas and poinsettias. My thanks to Thompson & Morgan, sponsors of this week's podcast. Well, we've had some lovely weather in the southeast on Saturday, really hot although quite a bit of breeze, so uh, it was really good to be out and about. I actually went to Cable Manor College, and there were lots of people there, big parties, picnicking on the grass, really beautiful weather, and they've got a a fairy woodland walk. This whole idea of uh, having little fairies dancing about at the bottom of your garden appears to be all the rage and is becoming big business, I understand. But anyhow, I found a few pretty little fairies in the woodland at Cable College and and I would suggest that if you want a day out for the family, it's a really good place to go. But that hot sun and the wind, boy, it dried things out. Uh, And if, like me, you've got a fair number of plants in pots, then uh, it's quite a steady job watering. Best part of an hour or an hour and a half now, I suppose, on a hose after we've had one of those kinds of days. And some of the bigger pots... I'm talking 25, 30 litre, really quite big pots and big shrubs and big trees. I like to dig a hole in the soil and drop them down two or three inches because then when you water really well, some of the water runs through that compost into the subsoil and then, of course, by capillarity, it can pull up a bit of moisture. Even better, it protects the pot on the sunny side. If you've got plants that are in black plastic pots and they're exposed to strong sunlight on the south side, it can really burn the root. And so if you've got above ground black pots, it's worth standing in a slightly larger pot so there's a bit of air between your empty pot and the one with the plant in, which acts almost like double glazing and stops scorching the roots. I did mention last week we had strong wind that uh, blew several stems of my delphiniums absolutely flat. Uh, I could, of course, cut them and take the blooms indoors and get a week or so's cut flower use from them. But if you're in that situation, don't throw the bottom bit away. If a delphinium breaks out and it still has a tiny bit of the black root at the base of the stem and you pot that up, it'll produce roots and it's the quickest and easiest way to vegetatively propagate delphiniums. You need to leave about a foot of stem in a perfect world so there's enough sort of green to feed the one or two little tiny dormant buds at the base of that stem uh, and encourage them to root. 
They'll just make a little bit of leaf, won't get too big. But if you plant those out in the autumn, or even better in the spring, so that uh, you can protect them from slugs, then you'll find that they will flower beautifully this time next year. There's uh, quite a lot of other things too that uh, we could be growing. I shall carry on the seed sowing, lots of uh, lupins, scabious, and of course all the biennials, sweet williams, Brompton stocks. If we can get those sown now and get some really good strong plants established by the autumn, we'll have lots of colour next year. Oh, and strawberries. With the wet weather, if you've just got a few, it's worth having a look at the fruiting trusses and just clean away any dead petals that stick just to the top of the fruit. If they're left in place when the weather's damp, then Botrytis goes in on that dead petal and then spreads across the fruit. If you've got one or two cloches that you can just put right over the top of a row, it not only keeps them dry, but it also keeps the birds off. If you look at uh, our column in the TV magazine this week, we've also got um, a really good offer on the Just Add Cream. That's the strawberry that has a flavour and a juicy sweetness that is unbeatable. So we have that at a special price. Uh, I've noticed too that uh, a raspberry I mentioned last week, Raspberry Ruby Falls, uh, both of these are actually available from Thompson & Morgan. If you let the fruits get absolutely ripe, it's a dwarf compact kind that you can grow in a container. If you bump the container on the ground, all the ripe fruit just drop off. So if you've got a sheet of clean paper underneath, you don't even have to pick them, you know. Bump the pot, move it off the paper, and there you've got some really fantastic flavoured, fully ripe raspberries. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm very pleased to introduce you today to Rory Payton. Actually, I knew his dad. I seem to know everybody's dad. Uh, a long time ago, he was at college the same time as us. Uh, when I say us, I mean my wife and I. But uh, Jock, as we knew him then, Jock Payton, was a year ahead of us in 1953-55. Uh, and I believe that he was very active in the Students' Union, if my memory serves me correct. But Rory, your dad was always very active in everything, wasn't he? 
He was. Um, funnily enough, his name, Durf, um, was Fred backwards. <laughs> so was he christened Fred then? He was. Well, funnily enough, my, my auntie, who's now living in Livington these days, um, always referred to him as Wee Freddy, which he always used to shudder at when she mentioned it. I always gave him to give him a giggle. But he insisted on everybody else. He kept, they kept the name Durf from when he was at Scouts when he was a kid. So, um, yeah. Oh, right. But a real character. And... and he and your mother set the business Pine Tops up, didn't they? Yeah, well, he first came to work at the Effort Experimental Station in 1958, believe it or not. Um, and he always told us how much time he spent researching the microclimate with a high light intensity and the low frost levels and the cooling summer breezes. But we think he had more to do with the sailing, which he was really keen on as well. So. <laughs> well, the whole family's keen on sailing, isn't it? Yeah, it's sort of uh, growing and sailing is sort of stuck, so it's nice, yeah. Now, there's one picture that I remember of your mum and dad starting up the nursery business where they built cold frames from walls of turf and grew outdoor early flower and chrysanthemums. Is that right? Is that how the business started? It, yeah, they started with strawberries and chrysanthemums and gradually the chrysanthemum craze took over. Um, mum always tells the story of how they had some mobile Dutch lights and um, Dad and Mum used to move them about by hand, these greenhouses on wheels. And um, they thought they'd put them away for the night and Dad and Mum woke up the next morning and lo and behold, the greenhouse had moved about 50 metres. <laughs> oh, goodness. What, did the wind get under it or something? Yeah, wind had gone up and, and, and it moved them along. I was thinking of them this morning as I was straightening up some hydrangeas outside that had blown over in the wind this morning, so I did think of them. Yeah, well, we still have to uh, cope, don't we, with the climate wherever we are. But you've now got a, a state-of-the-art glass house, haven't you? How, how big is it? It's about 2.4 hectares, or it will be, because we're expanding at the moment. So, um, yeah, and it's, it's so... The old nursery had done as well, but when we got the opportunity to move, we grabbed it because it's just nice to be in a purpose-built greenhouse that uh, enables us to, to move forward. I mean, to give listeners a better idea, uh, to put it in proper money, sort of how many football pitches have you got there covered by glass? Can't think in football pitches. I was just trying to think about it. It's um, it's going to be 250 meters. What's that in old money? 250. Uh, well, that's well, just do it yards, isn't it? 750 feet. Yeah. Um, by uh, 120 meters. So. I mean, big. it's enormous, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's big. And, and when the crops actually go in there, they're all on staging. Pretty well, every inch of the floor pace is covered, isn't it? It's a really efficient use. So they go in, effectively, I could describe them as big tables. So the tables, um, they only leave you 20 centimetres to walk down the pathway. So the pathways are pretty narrow, but um, it's wide enough. And we get round the crop a lot still, so that's good. But, uh, yeah, it's a very efficient way of using the space. And what is the seasonal cropping programme? What crops are you growing? So at the moment we're growing lilies and we grow about 400,000 pots of those um, and then we move from lilies to ponsettias, uh, from ponsettias into hydrangeas and, uh, and, and lilies again um, and outdoors we've just planted our hellebores, our gold collection hellebores outside and we also grow some hydrangeas outside as well now. Uh, so it's a pretty massive production. Uh, I'd like to come back to the hellebores in a minute. But one of the real uh, strengths 
are your home-bred lilies, aren't they? Yeah, well, we started growing lilies about 20 years ago. We weren't very impressed with the range we had. Um, Typically, on a trolley going to one of our garden centres, we'd get about three or four varieties on that trolley. And um, we thought, compared to what we were getting from our chrysanthemum background, it seemed a bit sparse. So we started breeding our own. Um, And 15 years later, and a lot of hard work, um, we now have our own three bicolours coming through the system. And typically, instead of the three or four, we have eight colours to a trolley. Um, And we've also increased the range, not just in our one and a half litre product, uh, 15 centimetre product, but also a five litre product as well. So we're just trying to give our customers as much range as possible. So is that five litre pots of lilies? Yeah, five to a, five bulbs to a pot. Goodness, so that must give a pretty good show of colour. How many sort of flowers are we likely to get on um, that? Yeah, it depends on the variety, but on an Asiatic you're getting six, seven heads of stem, so quite a bit. Yeah, you're talking 40 flowers on, yeah. on, one, on one pot. It, it's kind of instant gardening, I think. It's for people like me who don't get much time to go gardening. So um, my wife always laughs at me because she sort of says I'm a bean counter rather than a grower, which is probably quite true in a lot of ways. Well, you know, somebody has to do all of these jobs. And if you've got a combination of, of very green-fingered brother alongside a... a a number cruncher makes a good combination doesn't it in horticulture you need those two disciplines don't you well we're really lucky because my my brother's uh, (laughs) a horticulturally trained um and uh mad keen on their growing and uh i don't i can't compete so i just stick to what i know (laughs) and it works well but the lilies that that you've bred have particularly good foliage don't they Yes, well, most of our products, when they leave us, uh, are pretty green, um, and we have a, a nice picture care card. But the foliage is really important. It's almost in, the flower colours are important to us, but the foliage is is deeply important to us because that's what people see when they they buy them. And if people check your labels, the lily varieties you've bred all have the uh, suffix or prefix joy, don't they? We, I mean, we had two or three of them at Chelsea last month. So um, Stuart's, the bicolours that my brother actually bred, um, uh, there's a pink and white called Perfect Joy, um, which is, uh, that's my particular favourite. But also you had Sunset Joy at, uh, at Chelsea this year, which is his favourite, so we, we do battle on those. And coming through is an orange and purple called Tangerine Joy. And that just gives us more more range than we had before, which is nice. And they're not available. Um, we're the only people who can grow them in the UK because we, that's one of the reasons why we bred them. So they're exclusive to you. I, I mean, the Sunset Joy, I had a plant from you last year. Uh, I've grown it on and it's in a 12 or 15 inch pot now. Uh, and there's a whole series of stems I was expecting the, uh, each lily bulb to get a bit bigger and just have uh, one stem with more flowers. But in practice, it's got a multitude of stems. Is that the natural habit of your series? It's generally a habit of the breeding, yeah. So um, they will tend to split. They, they might not be quite as intensive as when we've grown them, but uh, they will come back. People always forget that lilies will come back year after year if you look after them. Well, I'm, I'm sorry I can't show you this minute my tub, which is just showing colour, so they're flowering in natural season, so to speak. 
but it must have, I would think, 70 or 80 flowers, flower buds Fantastic. opening. Yeah. So if anybody uh, goes out and buys one of these Joy series, whatever you do, pot the bulb on uh, and just get even more flowers next year. But can I take you on then to hellebores? Because I mean, you grow those in really large pots, don't you? Absolutely fantastic flower power. Yes, well, um, a couple of years ago, we, we started about six or seven years ago now, and we were in a, in a smaller pot, we were in a, a two-litre pot, because that was the biggest size we were told we could grow. And uh, we looked at it, and it, it, the plot didn't really do the plant justice. So we now have grown a four-litre pot, which we're filling. So uh, it, it's worked really well. And with the gold collection um, that we grow, we're now up to, we were up eight varieties last year, and this year we'll be at ten. And what sort of colour range are you offering there then? Um, through from the traditional whites, we've got a, a couple of, uh, one, one of my favourite is Cinnamon Snow, which is a slightly off-white, but also we've got a pink, we have pinks coming through, and also uh, we have a new variety, which is a yellow, which has yet to be named, but we were very excited to be growing this one because uh, we found it on the on the stand in Germany at Essen when we were out there looking. Well, what are you going to do about naming it then? Uh, that's down to the, the breeder, uh, Heugar, um, and uh, he, he always comes up with it, his own name, so that's fine, but uh, his breeding of hellebores uh, is amazing. Uh, he always has the best varieties, um, and uh, he's, he's known throughout the industry as, as having... The, if you like the gold standard, hence the gold collection, I guess. And, and if somebody buys one of these in bud, I mean, we're talking, what, late December, early January, I suppose, how long a flowering period are they likely to get? They will keep going through. I had one in my garden that went through till April, so they'll keep going. And provided you don't dry them out and you look after them a little bit, they don't like to, be, they don't like to get hot, um, Hellebores. Um, but they will keep coming back year after year after year. They're an amazingly lovely product, and, and at the time when there's not much in the garden showing flower, it, it's nice to have some colour in, uh, in December, January time. And what is the future now for poinsettias? Because presumably you'll have your sights set on those, surely. Yes, poinsettias. We, uh, we, we have a love-hate relationship with poinsettias. We're, uh, we're growing 140,000 of the delightful things this year. Um, it's, always, uh, it's quite a high-stress product because there's not much going into the garden centres or to the, to, to the stores at that time. Um, and uh, it's very highly visible for everybody to see. So you just cannot get it wrong. Uh, unlike a lily programme where we have... 27 different weeks of program we only get six different weeks of uh, our lily of our poncetia input so it's it's quite a, a high high stress crop but um we love them when they're here but <laughs> until they start flowering and then it's time they've they've really got to go then <laughs> but you have the benefit of really good sunlight in hampshire haven't you so when it comes to poinsettia growing if we get a nice sunny period in september or early october gives you a tremendous advantage doesn't it we yeah i the main thing for us is uh is our position in the country we're we're pretty close to the isle of Wight, so that tends to take some of the cloud away um that's a bit about the microclimate was actually quite correct it's uh it is a, a unique microclimate that we have here um that 
keeps away the frost and gives us the cooling breezes but also gives us the light intensity that we need to grow the crop um, and the new greenhouse is just amazing by comparison um, we're able to space plants when they need space immediately to the day rather than having to wait necessarily just so we can move them around by hand now rory in closing we have to have a mention about pumpkins don't we we can't mention pine tops and not pumpkins how are those plants looking this year your two brothers are just madmen aren't they when it comes to growing giant pumpkins they've been at it ever since i can remember and uh the six plants that we have in the greenhouse, funnily enough, I went away with uh, Stuart for a couple of days uh, last week to Holland to go and look at lilies, and uh, we've come back and they almost seem to have doubled in size over three or four days. It's terrifying. They're like triffids. <laughs> and, and what sort of weight they are going to get this year, do you think? Um, they're still hopeful of beating the world record. Last year, at, the, at one stage, they had the third heaviest weight ever. Um, so... It slipped down the charts a little bit, so it's an immensely competitive business, but uh, they are fired up to try and get that record. They've been trying to get the record now. Probably, I mean, the first 10 years or so, I think they didn't really know about the record so much, but as soon as they became aware of it, they've been trying to beat it ever since. Do you remember what that weight is? I mean, we're talking over a ton, aren't we? Well, their their heaviest pumpkin was um, over a 1,000 kilos, uh, 1,021 or 2,240 pounds. I think the record is something like 2,600 pounds. So um, they've got a little bit to go, but uh, each year the percentage difference between them and the world record seems to come down. So they'll get there. I've got confidence in them. (laughs) We wish them luck. And I think it's amazing that you can get all that weight from just one small seed. What a wonderful business we're in, Rory. And thank you for growing these... uh, Fantastic lilies give so many people pleasure. Thank you very much. It's lovely to talk to you. So what's on? Well, of course, it's Gardener's World Live uh, this week at the NEC. And it should be pretty weatherproof. You know, they've got uh, all those buildings. So even if the weather is wet and windy, you should be uh, safe and sound up there in Birmingham. And of course we're celebrating the 50th anniversary of Gardener's World Live, the Golden Jubilee. And I think uh, if you've been watching that programme over the years, you'll see lots of things uh, that are of interest to you. I was working, of course, with the great Barry Edgar as my producer and director on uh, Gardener's World. Uh, His son is the uh, playwright, David Edgar. And um, Barry was a great gent. You know, he was a pilot in the... uh, Royal Navy during the war, uh, quite fearless and one of the old school. And I usually went up and stayed with him in Birmingham before we went off to do a recce on a Gardener's World programme. And one event I particularly remember, we went very early to Birmingham Airport to fly to Aberdeen. We got on the plane. Uh, Barry, as always, the perfect gentleman, stood up and gave a lady his seat. And then he got bounced and I found myself on the plane going to Aberdeen and, and Barry left behind. He said, well, yes, you keep going because you need to see it and I'll catch up with you. Well, catch up was quite the word. They flew in from Birmingham to London and then from London to Edinburgh, where he landed with fire engines running each side of the plane, apparently. 
and got up to Aberdeen just in time to get on the plane with me to come home again. What a great man Barry was. Thanks again to our sponsors, Thompson and Morgan. And thanks to you for listening. We'll be back next Thursday. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.